Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. And I understand we have some breaking news, Rita. Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now with some big breaking news is the founder of Just the News, John Solomon. Wow, wow, wow. Fill us in on this big scoop you have about Joe Biden and what the Europeans are backing up, what you reported and you broke on our show a week ago. Yeah, the political boomerang on uh, Joe Biden is really growing. There are all these stories he told us in 2019 during Trump's impeachment, in 2020 during the election, the laptops, disinformation. I didn't do anything with my son's businesses. We never made money from China. And little by little, they keep unraveling. The latest unraveling comes from the most unlikely of places, the continent of Europe. For the longest time, Joe Biden's story is, yeah, I fired the Ukraine prosecutor, Victor Shokin, not because he was investigating my son's company, but because it was U.S. policy and the Europeans want me to do it. The Europeans didn't like Shokin, he said. So last week on this show, we told you about the documents we got from the State Department showing the State Department told Joe Biden, don't fire Shokin, give the billion dollars to Ukraine. So he did the opposite there. This week, the European Union provided us documents from the European Commission showing the very month that Joe Biden started the process of trying to get rid of this Ukrainian prosecutor investigating his son's company, Burisma Holdings, the European Union had concluded that that very prosecutor, Victor Shokin, had met all the benchmarks set by Europe for uh, reforming uh, the fight against corruption in Europe. They gave him glowing remarks. It was, in fact, it was the highest grade that Ukraine had ever got from the European Commission in its effort to reform anti-corruption and uh, organized crime, which is a big problem there. So the Europeans weren't asking Joe Biden to get rid of the prosecutor. They weren't saying the prosecutor's office was a problem. They were saying the opposite. The State Department was saying the opposite. Joe Biden's story isn't supported by the documentation now that we've been able to get from these various uh, agencies. Uh, it's another one, just like the laptop is disinformation that is crumbling, and it's going to become a problem for Joe Biden. The credibility issue is now new to Joe Biden. People are saying, you're not telling us the truth anymore. I think this is uh, one of those examples. John Solomon, that is mind-boggling. Yeah. It it seems like anything that's done is not the truth. And, look, all we want is the truth. That's all we want. Yeah, uh, right. Many times. You know, and it's stunning, uh, to John's point, because we heard from Joe Biden that, oh, well, you know, it was policy. Now, clearly, the State Department, it wasn't policy to fire the prosecutor. It wasn't the European Union's philosophy either. And yet, I mean, it it begs the question, his son was making all this money from Burisma at the time. It, It just looks so bad. Where are we on the impeachment inquiry? Where do you think it's headed? We had Comer on our show yesterday. And he yeah, said he thinks the votes are there. Yeah, we made a lot of headlines on that one. And I thought that was important. He does think the votes are there. I'm not sure they're there yet. I, I, my head count has them nine votes short. I've been talking to all the holdouts. I think it has shrunk from 14 to nine in the last uh, week. So there's some progress as each one of these new revelations come out. Uh, but it is a, it's a decision that comes with political consequence. 
And I think Kevin McCarthy's adamant. They got to have a majority vote of the House to get this started. They're moving in the right direction. If you're a Republican wanting impeachment, it's moving in your direction. But I, I think Comer, I think Comer has the confidence they're going to get there. My head count puts them about nine votes short right now, just in the members I'm talking to that I know aren't there yet. But it's moving. And I think every day new revelations come out that give us another factual basis to be worried about the things Joe Biden has done and said in the past. You know, uh, John Solomon adjusts the news. Did you see this? John Fetterman came out. Everyone's talking about this. Um, he hasn't made a lot of statements, uh, other than hello, yeah, goodbye. Remember that one during the debate? But, yep. but, um, in, yep. he came out and he, it's caught on video where he says, uh, go ahead, do it. I dare you. Um, if you go ahead with it, like an impeachment or an impeachment inquiry at this point, but I guess he's saying impeachment, uh, the he's saying you will lose the republicans will lose uh, what are people saying about that first i'm astounded that he's commenting but but uh yeah. it's interesting uh he seemed very brazen and very bold if you go with impeachment it's going to backfire on republicans is what he's claiming it's sort of funny uh, uh people who are serious here in washington actually see this conversation as very disturbing because impeachment was never meant to be a political football it was meant to be a severe last avenue of resort and you sort of see now the game of chicken going on and and uh people saying i'm ready to impeach before the impeachment inquiry has even begun that's not i think there's a lot of frustration that what was designed by our founding fathers to be the nuclear option to be used so seldom gets talked about as a football on both sides right the democrats say oh play a game of chicken the republicans obviously eager to do something i think americans want it to be treated with some uh, solemnity and some rarity that said I think a growing number of Democrats are concerned that the Hunter Biden scandal is now something that's going to be hung around the party's neck, uh, that the things that they represented in 19 aren't holding up. And if Hunter Biden gets indicted in a couple of weeks, that's going to be a bad look for a president who repeatedly said, my son did nothing wrong. Uh, now the, his own Justice Department, Joe Biden's Justice Department, can say your son did do something wrong. And I think that those are some of the worries that Democrats have. Um, I think the facts are going to drive this. I'm with I, I'm with John on this. Uh, we're going to know if we can get the facts out, people will be able to make a good decision about whether impeachment's the right course or not. John Solomon, thank you for telling the American people the truth, and uh, God bless you, and have a, a great weekend. You bet. You as well, guys. Thanks so much. Well, tick tock, tick tock. Yeah. Uh, you know, the evidence is mounting. Look, I I'm still with Gershowitz. Let's have a let's. It stop all this crap with impeachment and let's go. You know, we got the election in 14 months. That's if they on uh, both sides. That's stop it, it, I was going to say, that's if they put him on the ticket. They allow both of them to be on the ticket. Who knows? Well, they should gather <laughs> the evidence and, you know, let the people decide. And, uh, in the studio with us, uh, we have, uh, David, pa- Governor David Patterson, Congressman Peter King, uh, f- retired judge, uh, uh, what is your name again? Judge Weinberg. There Judge he is. Richard Weinberg. <laughs> and, I'll give uh, you my business card. After and, and, get, and, and, and in the studio now, we have uh, Curtis Lewa for a quick update. A quickie. Yes, you, you well, want to do a quickie? I will not be arrested tonight. <laughs> I will right. not be arrested tonight. What the heck are you is sure? going on in uh, Another demonstration, this time by mothers and children who have brought their kids back to school as of yesterday. Totally upset that thousands of these illegal alien kids have no vaccinations whatsoever, A to Z, don't even know who the kids are. They have no paperwork, no background, and they want something done about it now. So we'll be out there. It's raining out. If you happen to be on your way there, you know me. 
We have rallies if it was a snowstorm, if it was a tsunami. We're going to have our rally at 630. Wait, now, Curtis, explain to everybody what Creedmoor is for our listeners, uh, because we got Sounds folks like all a, over. Well, Creedmoor is a, a mental health right. yeah, I know, Creedmoor but I want everybody a, a place to understand that. that I know what it King is. King thinks that I should be committed to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Congressman King said music? crazy house. Where's our coming to take you away music? Because that really was now, fitting. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Congressman King... Uh, are, are anybody in Creedmoor yet? Yeah, there's a thousand yeah. single able bodies. Are they body. starting to go into the Nassau border, or they uh, uh, have they put up a DMZ zone? <laughs> no, there's no DMZ zone. The people are very concerned about it. In fact, uh, the village of Floral Park actually had benches installed several years ago for people to go there and relax. They've taken the benches out because they're afraid they're going to be used by the migrants. It's not anti-migrant. It's anti the disorder and the potential is there. As Curtis said, unvetted people. There's a thousand people within seconds of the national and, and they have uh, Vespas and motorbikes with no yeah. registration. They need to be taken. The NYPD needs to take it. John, they tried to do that the other morning in Bushwick, and the illegal aliens attacked the police. Attacked the police. They got arrested, and then they let them loose. They should have been picked up by ICE and prepared for deportation. You don't attack police officers in New York City, especially since we're hosting you here and giving you everything. And all we're saying is, how'd you get that Vespa? How'd you get that motorbike? Where's your registration? Pow! They started hitting the cops. And also Roosevelt Hotel, which is sort of the intake center, if you will. There's been, what they said, 40 arrests. 41. 41 41 arrests. arrests. All right. So, I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, they've got to... They've got to be at least appreciative of what's coming. And there's 41 arrests. Be careful tonight, okay? 41 arrests. I promise you back. I won't get arrested tonight. I, I got to be you back for the here weekend. to do the other side of midnight. <laughs> God bless you. and uh, I'll be looking for you, and we'll be I'll be listening to you. You usually keep me up. To the break of dawn. Thank you. All right. Good luck. And uh, last night, last night, uh, Curtis, you had a good time last night? Oh, I had a great time. Yeah, it was great. I didn't recognize you with we that your glittery outfit on today. We Dan. had a party of parties. It was uh, great. It, it was better than uh, uh, than a Las Vegas party. We had singers galore. We had uh, Joe Piscopo was singing. Tony Orlando was singing. Cousin Vinny was singing. Yep. Everybody was singing. And, and Cousin and Bruce was, was so there. happy. Oh, Cousin Brucey. John, you gave him uh, the night of his life. He had tears in his eyes to see these all these legends. And that video, John, that Tony Orlando put together was like yeah. a who's who. It was Neil Sedak. I mean, it was it went on and on and on. It was it was amazing. People John. loved the show. They loved the show. Nobody went home. Well, and also they, they loved. They had can to I throw say one thing? Out about uh, 10, 11 o'clock. Or they something. love you and Margot because you guys put on one of the most I'm, amazing I nights. I am there. I am there to make my friends happy. Well, you did, and I'm not there for anything else except that. Well, you and, did, and uh, uh, we had a few people uh, show up, and I know Curtis didn't like that Governor Hochul showed up, but. She oh, is the, was the only one to boo. Oh, then, then were you, Curtis? You heard me throughout the answer. Oh, Curtis. And, and Curtis, that's not right. She's our guest. Oh. Yeah, that's not She's right. She's our guest, and it wasn't right to, to boo. Well, I, that was towards Governor Patterson. I thought you had mentioned <laughs> Governor Patterson. Well, the oh. good news is. Or Peter King. On, Peter the King was there, is, too. I was on stage. With, <laughs> then he would have booed. I was on the stage with, with the governor, and guess what? We heard crap. Yeah, we nobody heard you, so it doesn't matter. Oh, you see, oh. so my job is safe. I have yeah. job security for now. Yeah. For, for now, for a few more and, hours. Uh, Curtis. The other one, I mean, another special guest, Hillary Clinton came. Yeah, it was and, uh, the uh, who came uh, out. And a lot of people loved her, and uh, 
A lot of people don't like that, so don't come up and shake your hand if you don't like it. It was great to see everybody out there, John. It was an awesome night, and and it was an awesome night uh, celebrating WABC and your birthday. Happy belated birthday to you again. And now, who do we have? We've uh, got uh, Mark Morgan, uh, former Commissioner of Customs and Border Protection. And Mark Morgan, we are so thrilled to have you here. The protests continue. We just had Curtis on, who was talking about a protest that's happening tonight. And the big news today, this, I, I, I couldn't believe this, Mark Morgan. The big news, it comes out that now it looks like the Biden administration, they're not doing remain in Mexico again. In other words, vetting people in Mexico before they come over. They're looking at doing remain in Texas. So Texas is going to be like wall to wall. They're trying to appeal to uh, some of these folks who say, oh, we don't want them in our state. But what is Texas going to be even more overrun? I, I don't read. I really don't think that's possible. But I mean, look at this. I think you summed it up best. They, they stopped the remain in Mexico program, which did a couple of things. One is it acted as a deterrence for illegal aliens to come. Two, it put integrity back in the system because we know the overwhelming number of illegal aliens coming, they're, they don't have justifiable asylum claim. They're economic migrants. So that, that, that put integrity back in the system and applied consequences. But rather than do that, rather than, than you know, reinstitute what was working on the Trump administration, now they're going to, as you said, they're going to do a remain in Texas policy. Look, it's, 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 Texas will sue. Texas is going to win. This is absurd. Rather than actually addressing the crisis, they create the crisis, and then they're going to make Texas fund the bill for the crisis. This is outrageous. Mark Morgan, what the heck is happening in Canada? I understand they're starting to invade Canada from the United States. The same people. Yeah, that's that's been going on for for a little while because the focus, for obvious reasons, we focus on the southwest border, and we've forgotten that our northern border, by the way, our southwest border is about 2,000 miles long. The border that we share with Canada is 5,000 miles. It's the longest uh, a shared land border between two nations in the world. Right. So our, our, our northern border represents a significant risk as well. And again, I understand we're focused on illegal aliens, and I got that. But what we don't talk enough about is the cause and effect. We still have drugs coming through our northern border. There are still mass security threats in our northern border, just as it is on our southern border, that's being driven by illegal migration. It's why we talk that illegal migration is not a victimless crime. It pulls resources off the front line, away from their national security mission. In some areas, 85, 90 percent of border patrol resources are not on the front line. They're back to facilities relegated to administrative duties, processing millions of illegal aliens. What happens? We literally give operation control over borders to the cartels. They exploit it, so drugs, criminals, and national security threats pour in. I know in, in, in York we're focused a lot on the illegal aliens themselves, but this is what I want the listeners to do. When you see pictures of illegal aliens, you might as well picture in your head drugs, criminals, and national security threats because that's who came alongside the illegal aliens. Wow. You know, everybody, we're talking to the former commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, uh, the great Mark Morgan. Mark, you know, there is a story, um, what John was just talking about also at the border and the northern border, uh, that more have been caught illegal crossers. I'm glad they're caught. Makes me wonder how many got away in 2023 than in 10 years combined. That is scary. And this comes like as they're fighting on the southern border over the buoy issue, uh, the temporary buoys. I can't believe the, the Biden administration doesn't want 
the Abbott administration, the Texas governor, to put these like water buoys up saying they're inhumane. And my response is, uh, just as you're talking about, Mark, what about inhumane is having drug traffickers, human traffickers, what's happening to these kids as they're going across the border, but they're, they're all caught up on the buoys? Yeah, exactly. Two things. Uh, the northern border. I'm glad you guys are bringing this up because we do not talk enough about it. I promise you, the northern border represents the same existential threats of our southern border and our maritime environment does. You know, the cartels, drugs, criminals, national security threats, they don't know the difference between the northern southern border or coastal, number one. Number two, the barriers. First of all, the, the lower court district court, I mean, the intellectual depth of the district court's ruling was about as shallow as the river the barrier sets on. I mean, look, he, he, he totally dismissed the constitutional argument, which is this is what this is about. This is about Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution. He basically said that this is, this is a, a disagreement and issue about statutes. Look, I, I know it was a long time ago when I graduated from law school, but I think the doctrine that the Constitution trumps the statute still remains supreme. And so at the end of the day, this is going to be about the, the constitutional remedy that's provided to every state that the federal government fails to protect the states from threats outside its borders. And they have the constitutional right to defend themselves. This is what this is about. This is going to go to the Supreme Court. And I think Governor Abbott's going to win on this. And I hope so. I hope so. Look, we just want to secure our borders. I believe in immigration, but not in this way. Mark Morgan, thank you for doing your job and, and, and telling all of us about it. And, uh, God bless you and God bless America. And we'll catch up with you uh, again real soon. Uh, let's Thanks. take that break and we're going to come back with Larry Kudlow. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, with us now is Larry Kudlow, the country's leading economist and the number one show on Fox Business every day between four and five and and the number one show uh, uh, on WABC Saturday mornings between, uh, what is it, 10 and 1. And uh, Larry Kudlow, well, you you looked great last night at the uh, WABC party for for uh, Cousin Brucey. And I saw you blow out those cakes. Happy birthday, Larry Kudlow. <laughs> Thank you, John. My biggest thrill was being able to talk to Cousin Brucey. I loved it. He, he is, you know, when I introduced Cousin Brucey last night, I specifically said uh, when he plays that music, see, the success of of people uh, in the music business is the type of music they play and the songs they pay, play. And I said, Cousin Brucey, when I listen to you on a Saturday night and you play those songs, I remember who I was with and what I was doing, and it brings back pleasant memories. Well, I told him, I said, so, Bruce, I said, I used to own a Pontiac. And in those days, they had bench seats in the front. So, here I am with my date, listening to Cousin Brucey. And I'm not going to tell you what else I was going to say, Larry, you don't have to go any further, okay? I'm not going to tell you what else happened. But we did it to Cousin Brucey and his song. Oh! Did you just hear that confession, My John? God. From our dear friend Larry Cudlow? How wow. Many, how many other volunteers do we have to Anybody say Anybody else in the room? <laughs> I, well, I, I, you know, I am. 
I am of a certain age where they still had bench seats in the front. Wait, wait, and Governor Gosh, Patterson sounded like he was about to confess. Wait a minute. Gosh, Gosh, only, was that was that fun? The only thing that I can confess is I was with nobody in those days. Oh. <laughs> Very jealous of Larry. Well, Larry Kudlow, the economy. Yes, uh, there's so many, you know, ifs, ands, buts. Uh, where do you stand and what the hell is the, uh, is the Fed going to do? So, what is it? September 19th is the uh, next Fed uh, meeting? Yeah, they'll, uh, I don't expect them to do anything. Um, but I, I want to say, John, I think the biggest event on the economy this week was number one, uh, the Saudis and the Russians and the Venezuelans and the Iranians, OPEC plus, uh, cut production, cut all production again. So prices went up uh, seven, eight bucks, and it's going to be reflected in higher gasoline prices. So wholesale prices up on the world market, gasoline prices. But here's the thing. What did Joe Biden do? He announces uh, executive order to stop lease sales in Anwar in Alaska. Okay? So in effect, his answer to their production cuts was more production cuts, okay? Yeah, because and, and the price of bread went to $90. So I just want to make this other point. Um, he violated the law because lease sales in Anwar were part of the 2017 tax cut, the Trump tax cut, included lease sales. In fact, we had Mike Summers on from the API. It was in there as a revenue measure. Now, this is the Supreme Court has ruled against this. You cannot, by executive order, you cannot overturn a congressional legislation or a congressional mandate. So he broke the law and he sided, in effect, with OPEC Plus, with more production cuts, which is going to raise gasoline prices, which is going to damage middle class, blue collar workers, and real wages are going to sink even more. This is a terrible decision, all in the name of some emergency climate change, which, in my opinion, is as phony as a $3 bill. That was the biggest news this week. I agree. Now, there was another Wall Street Journal article about the uh, a lot of the smaller banks are scared for their own existence. And uh, uh, what have you heard? Well, I'm hearing, I mean, you've got, um, you got a big problem with commercial real estate. That's going to be the big thing. Um, you texted me that good article. Uh, we had Dennis O'Leary on. He talked about that earlier uh, in the week. Uh, you're going to have uh, defaults. And the smaller banks, the so-called regional banks, uh, could be in some trouble on that. So we'll we'll wait and see. I don't want to be I don't want to be prejudge it. I'm just saying there's a major risk. You also uh, this coming week you're going to get inflation numbers, and um, these are always hard to predict. But I think the CPI is going to be up again. Uh, this will be the third straight month that actually increases. Not only the 12-month change, but the month-over-month change could come in 0.7, 0.8. Now, that might influence the Fed, okay? That's a maybe, 
But they create their own banana peel because the oil went to $90 a barrel over the last uh, 45 days. And it's got to go up. I mean, don't they, aren't they smart enough to realize the reason it's going up? No. I mean, the short answer is no. But the longer answer is that Joe Biden's spending a lot of money. The deficit in FY23 this year, which ends September 30th, uh, the deficit's going to be about $2 trillion or more. That's twice what it was last year. They're still spending enormously on all these green uh, subsidies. So that's inflationary right there. And, of course, they're making the oil situation worse uh, because of this uh, climate change stuff. And I just want to say, I'm not a climate denier. What I am is a climate emergency denier. If you want to transition to a greener economy, you should do it carefully over four or five decades. I mean, for example, the UAW is furious at the electric vehicle subsidies because you could put a million auto workers out of work. And so the UAW is now threatening a strike against the big three car makers. And if you listen to the guy who's the head of it, the new guy, I think his name is Spain, it sounds very much like they're going to strike. And if the UAW does strike, that is going to do enormous damage. It's absolutely going to sink the economy. But maybe the UAW is smart and they're realizing that this electric vehicle uh, crap is a lot of crap. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> how do you like? We all like that uh, frankness. We in like the simplicity here. Yes, we do. We get <laughs> it. <laughs> on that, on that point, I'm going back to my Pontiac and the. Oh, no. all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry Kudlow, have a great weekend. I look forward to listening to you tomorrow at ten o'clock on WABCRadio.com worldwide and Solar System. <laughs> and the Milky Way. Thanks, yes. John. Reed. Thank you very Bye. much. It was great Bye. to see you, Larry. Let's take a break. <laughs> and when we come back, uh, I have a little bit of a teaser on a, on a uh, show that's going to be on on Sunday. Uh, it's about whales. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's take the break and come back and talk about the whales. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Yes. yes. And yeah. we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Um, before we go to the whale interview, did you guys see this? Also, John, there was an activist who glued his feet, his bare feet, right. to the U.S. Open, and he delayed the U.S. Open for an hour, John. An hour. Have been worse. He could have himself. Yeah, or he could have destroyed a painting, and, right? Uh, worst comes to worst, he's got uh, foot problems uh, <laughs> instead of uh, dying in the... Uh... But you know what's so crazy, John? These people are so fanatical. Everybody is talking about because it, it was a semifinal match. Even yeah. the player stops and like, oh, my God. So we are now talking about whales, too, because I had to We're get into all of this. I, I got a, we got a teaser, a two-minute teaser yep. for... Our uh, show on Sunday, and we're going to talk more about whales. Let's play the the what, what we have on yep. whales, and it's with Carrie Martin, who is with uh, she is with a group called Climate Action Group. So take a listen. What is today is Carrie Martin, uh, and she is the uh, advocacy manager of the Clean Ocean Action uh, Program, and she uh, is as mad as me about losing whales. Uh, Carrie, uh, tell us about uh, what the heck is going on. So many whales are dying. Well, that's what Clean Ocean Action would like to know and, and hope an investigation is going to be 
done to investigate and find out what's going on with the whales. We had uh, six that died um, and washed up um, in the month of August alone. And then we've had dozens of them wash up since December of 2022. So we're looking at um, what information is available. Um, There's not much. We're trying to uh, get as much as we can from the agencies about what's happening to the whales. And, you know, Clean Ocean Action and Ocean Advocacy Organization has been looking at uh, pollution and industrialization activities in this region for nearly 40 years. um, And there is quite a large number of activities going on related to offshore wind um, at the time that these whale deaths and marine mammal deaths are happening. And we want an investigation uh, to look into what these whales are dying from, if it's you know, offshore wind activities, or if it's any other uh, concerns, obviously we would we would like to know the answers. But at the same time, when uh, the federal agencies are you know asked about what's causing the impacts, these the, the deaths of these whales, they they've been very quick to and confident to say that it's not the offshore wind activities, uh, without the evidence to show that it's not. Uh, so the the activities that are going on right now for the many offshore wind. Uh, uh, facilities off the coast that's being proposed are only the pre-construction activities. Uh, the construction activities are to follow and quickly, and they're going to be louder and much more harmful. Well, Carrie Martin, thank you for briefing us on what's going on uh, and uh, the possibilities of why our, our whales are dying. And, you know, I love whales. Thank you for informing everyone as well and, 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 and being interested in the issue. It's very serious and um, happening really, really quickly in a big way. Thank you very much, Carrie. And also, John, I can't wait to hear the whole interview on your Sunday show, of course, this Sunday Cats Roundtable. That's going to be awesome. And uh, everybody's talking. We were talking about electric vehicles. We were talking about all the climate activists and everything. And joining us now is the chief financial officer, also is one of the head folks there with the fire department in Florida, the great Jimmy Patronus, our friend down there in Florida. Jimmy, um, first off, let's get into all this stuff with electric vehicles and sure. all the big issues. It just seems like one well, what big bus. with the hurricane? Yeah, well, the, they're waiting. There's a, yeah, and actually the latest you had, I know when we last spoke with you, uh, the hurricane, there was a huge issue with the last one with Adalia. Uh, Lee is now churning off the coast. We don't know what's going to happen with that, but what are the lessons learned from the last one as you might gear up for sadly another one? Sure. So if this thing affects, you know, your coastline up around New York, you need to, anybody who has an electric, electric vehicle needs to get it as far away from saltwater as possible. Um, we, uh, we did have some fires uh, in Pinellas County. That's the Clearwater St. Petersburg area that were due to saltwater flooding. Um, and so we actually had a symposium uh, this week at the fire college, we have a fire college that we run in, in Florida. And we had everybody, we had uh, NHTSA there, we had Tesla, we had General Motors, all everybody coming together with about 250 fire chiefs, again, bringing together solutions because this is a real problem. Yeah, people still seem like, still unaware what to do with all of this. And the whole thing with all these mm-hmm. mandates, Jimmy, we see a couple of the auto companies coming out this week saying they're not going to make their goal because it's just not realistic. They're like shoving it down our throats. And they said the price of uh, of batteries are dropping because of the volume. Well, and, and the dealers are pushing back also. The dealers don't like these things being shoved down their throats. The dealers have to add all this infrastructure on site. They have to send their techs off for new training. And then there's the fear that the manufacturers are going to try to circumvent the dealers 
and sell direct the way Tesla does with their business model. So again, a, a lot of, of uh, disruption in, in the auto industry. Um, and and you know, the, the fear is, is, look, we're so dependent on China for everything. Now we're going to be dependent even more for them as, as EVs are incentivized at the tune of $7,500 a piece to, to uh, an American household. So, I mean, it's just, uh, look, and I, and I think it's fantastic technology, but but there are some inherent risks with it that have to be addressed. Yeah, give people a choice. Don't don't like force it to them and mandate them, especially at a time like this. Uh, we're talking to the CFO of Florida, Jimmy Petronas, Judge Weinberg. Jimmy, and also the uh, Biden administration is now subsidizing transition in factories to the tune of sixteen billion dollars to do conversions from the gas motored cars to electric cars. So what they're doing fundamentally is the government is doing state decision-making rather than the market. What do you say about that? Uh, again, I, I agree with you 100%. I, 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 th- this administration is so out of touch from what the pain and suffering people are dealing with, with real inflation, with real increase in interest rates, what it's doing to uh, uh, insurance rates all over, not just Florida, all over America. And, and as they continue down this 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 half-baked solution of trying to save the world from carbon, it's it's ultimately just hitting. It's it's a tax. It's a tax on the middle class, and and it's. But you know, it, look, Biden's not running the administration. The teleprompter is. Well, thank you, uh, Jimmy. Anything else you want to tell the American people? Yeah, yeah, Mister John. I just finished making some avgo lemon for my wife. She's got a cold. Uh, so uh, is COVID uh, coming back? Yeah, it is coming back. Uh, and, then, and then, but here's the last thing I'll, I'll leave with you, which I do, I got to give uh, credit where credit's due. Prior to the landfall of Hurricane Adelia in Florida, Tesla did send out a, a notice to their owners of Tesla vehicles in the state of Florida with some warnings and guidance about taking your car to, to higher ground. So I do appreciate Tesla starting to lean forward in trying to address the concerns and threats of where EVs don't mix with salt water. Well, Bravo. Thank, Bravo. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh, Jimmy, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again real soon. And good luck to your wife, you too. I hope she feels better. Thanks, Rita. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Well, we have with us here in studio, of course, former Congressman Peter King, named after King's Highway and everything else, and the King and I. King's Highway was named after me. Oh, that's right. I have to get it straight. That's right. For some reason, Governor Patterson doesn't believe you, I think. I think he has a little He doesn't problem. believe anything I say. I know. <laughs> no congestion pricing on King's Highway. I did believe what he said said earlier, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but you had a really interesting conversation. And give us a little background. You interviewed uh, Congressman Mike Turner, who's big on the Intel Committee, obviously important stuff about 9-11. Uh, give us a little insight as to the background. Yeah, Congressman Mike Turner is a former mayor of Dayton, Ohio. He's now chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. I served on the Intelligence Committee with him. And it, when I was on it the last couple of years, it was absolute pandemonium between Eric Schiff and Devin Nunes. I mean, Adam Schiff and uh, 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 Devin Nunes. It was totally partisan. Eric Schiff, I think uh, Adam Schiff undermined the committee uh, with impeachment and uh, Russia collusion. But Mike Turner was on his comeback, and he and the Democrat Jim Himes have made the committee bipartisan again. And we have real threats. We have 9-11 threats. We have border threats. And he's working in a bipartisan way. I think it was a great interview, not because of me, because of Judge Weinberg, but because of Mike Turner. All great right. guy. And here's a little bit of that interview, everybody. 
truly uh, great to be joined right now by my good friend from the state of Ohio. I served with him on the Intelligence Committee, and he's now the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, Mike Turner. Mike, it's great to have you in New York, and uh, update us on the Intelligence Committee, because when I was there and you were with me, that, that had become chaotic. We were, uh, you had people like uh, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, I can go through the list, and really it seemed like the last thing they were concerned about was really the welfare and the uh, security of the United States. Well, thank you, Peter, and I appreciate you having me on. You, Peter, you have a great legacy in the, the House uh, we have made shifts in the Intelligence Committee. Um, you, uh, you were there when the committee had a legacy of working in a bipartisan basis and working in national security, and then unfortunately dissolved into you know, Nancy Pelosi hijacking it for the impeachment processes, making us the impeachment committee. The charge I was given when we, when we took back the House was restore the committee back to national security. You know, there's a real need, as you know, for us to do our work, to work with the intelligence community, make sure that they have the, the tools that are, are available to them uh, and that they're applied in ways that keep our country safe. Let me just turn over to George Weinberg, who's here, a common-sense Democrat. Well, nice to have you both, Congressman. I'm deeply concerned about the failure of the Biden administration to provide for national security. We have an open border. You see them coming through uh, the southern border. Now they're coming through the Canadian border. And Nash- so there's a national security threat at both ends. What can be done to protect this country? Because this is totally unsustainable. Right. And it's totally the, the policy of the Biden administration. I mean, their policy is an open border. And so that's the situation we get. You can tell the incredible influx that we've had since the Trump administration. Um, the, uh, the people who are coming across the border, some of them are trying to seek a better life, but some of them intend to do us harm. There are people on the terrorist watch list who have been, been captured, who have been coming across the border. Uh, who you know should not be coming to the United States, having no controls on our borders mean that we don't get to choose who comes here, that they choose. And people who self-select have their own reasons for coming. Um, it, it, is, it is an unbelievable human tragedy of the stories of people who have made this trek, who believe on the Biden administration's welcoming, uh, that, uh, that they're going to find a better life. But along the way, they're, they're taking advantage of. You have human trafficking. Uh, you have cartels. You have risk of, of life. Uh, this really is just a, a, a horrible... A human tragedy of, of this great migration that the Biden administration has encouraged. Uh, Mike, uh, Chairman Turner, we're just three days away from September 11th, which was uh, an enormous impact here, obviously in New York, but really around the country and the world. Can you update us on what the Intelligence Committee is doing to try to prevent another 9-11? Sure. Well, this is really an area where the intelligence community uh, has, has really done great work, um, and we continue to do great, see great work from them. Um, the uh, we do have people who still want to, to do us harm, still people who are, who are in organized fashion attempting uh, to threaten the United States. Uh, we just do a really good job of taking down their organizational structures, following the money, following the communications, and try to prevent them uh, from being able to, to perpetrate uh, additional attacks. Uh, we, we, it can never be perfect. We always have a vulnerability as long as people uh, wish uh, to try to, uh, to harm the United States. Certainly lone wolves are the most difficult uh, to, to solve. But at the same time, we're in a much different place. As we all, as we all mourn uh, September 11th, we can at least know uh, that there, there are things that we have done right that make us mm-hmm. Judge? Well, what I'm also very concerned about is this obsession the Biden administration has with uh, redoing and renegotiating the Iran deal. And I consider that one of the great threats, not only to the Middle East, but to the entire world. And then they don't live up to their word also. I mean, the, the, uh, to, to make a deal with the Iranian regime, which is doing you know, actions throughout the Middle East to harm all of their neighbors, harm United States allies. 
this is it's really unconscionable that that this administration is basically going to them and saying, "What do you want? We'll enter into whatever deal you want." Instead of pressuring Iran and making it clear, we will not tolerate a nuclear Iran, and that we'll take whatever actions are necessary, bringing them then to the table to negotiate a real deal that results in uh, preventing a nuclear Iran. Mike, great having you in New York. Great seeing you again. Keep up the great work. Very interesting conversation uh, about so many security threats, um, especially Congressman King, as we're heading to the 9-11 anniversary, a very somber, you know, commemoration. We have to keep in mind the threat is still there. Uh, These are people are the same as they were back in 2001. Uh, They are aiming for us, and uh, we have to constantly keep our guard up. We can't take our eye off the target. There's a lot of other things going on, but again... Another 9-11 would be devastating to our country. Which is why we got to close our border. Uh, Wow, wow, wow. Um, Guys, stay with us, everybody. Uh, We're going to go to a break now. Katz and Cosby after the break. We have Rudy Giuliani, uh, John, commenting about this huge news that now a Georgia grand jury was planning on going after 39 people. Uh, Is there anybody they missed in the state? We're going to talk about that after the break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back on Cats and Cosby. Everybody talking about this huge Georgia special grand jury. Uh, if you thought it was crazy that they went after Trump and 18 others, uh, you know this, Judge Weinberg. They were planning on going after 39 people, including Senator Now, they said they had a grand jury and a special grand jury. Does anybody know what that really means? Well, it was it's the a, precursor, it's, it's, right? No, yeah, it's like a screening process <laughs> right. they, have, they have in Georgia, which, as far as I know, is the only state in the country that actually allows for that kind of situation. And so, they were planning on going after so Senator Lindsey Graham, pick all pick these others. Which jury you want to listen to? No, no, no. no it's, a two, it's a two-stepper. And they really first, have no power, though, the first No, but they make recommendations to the local yeah. DA. And then, and then she well, goes let's, to let's the grand jury. Mayor, mayor uh, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. What how does it mean to have two grand juries? And how crazy is this? I appeared before them. I know how crazy it is. Uh, I appeared before them. I asked what they were, and they told me <laughs> they don't indict. I said, well, then you're not a grand jury. They said, no, 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 we, we screen. They, I mean, they, they conducted like a $20 million investigation, and they make reports. Now, let me tell you about this grand jury. Four of them took pictures with me. <laughs> they wanted your photo. They wanted to did, did you autograph the pictures, yeah, did you Mr. Autograph? Mayor? <laughs> Did you offer to go to dinner or anything? I mean, come on. This is crazy. Then it'll be, it'll be interference with the grand jury. You'll indict him. They'll get a third grand jury to indict him. For signing the pictures. For signing the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. The photo's okay, but the signing, God forbid, right? You can't make this up. It is crazy. I, 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 signed, I signed about three or four autographs. Oh. And then I was invited to Fanny's office to meet with her because she always wanted to meet me. Good old uh, from Fulton County, and, the DA there. We, we, we were trying to suck her into a picture, but we couldn't get a picture out of her. You know, we, we, we thought if we had a picture, that would be really great. But uh, she told me what a great job I did, you know, as a prosecutor. But you know what this uh, show is? By the way, I, I understand you raised a zillion dollars last night in Bedminster. Well, we didn't do that, but we, we did really well. We did really well. And it was because of uh, the president and because people really feel and they expressed it very strongly that this is a persecution in which, uh, uh, you know, it's going to reach all of us if we're not careful. And uh, they also want me to, there are a couple of 
the legal actions they'd like me to take, including maybe going on offense a bit. So I think this could be very, very productive if we can keep it up. Hey, Rudy, this is Pete King. How are you holding up through all this? I'm holding up fine, Pete. You know, uh, in a way, it's the same attitude the president has. I feel like I'm going through I'm going through it because I'm trying to protect our system and, and uh, kind of win it back. And I'm not the only one. I mean, because the president is well-known and I'm well-known, we get a lot of attention. But hundreds of people have been prosecuted. Uh, I mean, think of those people on January 6th, what they've done to them. I I, I haven't been held in jail for two years, you know? Yeah, and they just sentenced somebody else who wasn't even there to, what, like 20 years or something, Rudy. I mean, it's crazy. These are ridiculous amounts of time in modern America. These are ridiculous. I mean, these people are going to die in jail. It is crazy. And, well, that's, well, know. Rudy, that's why when we saw this, we we're like on the Georgia thing that they would actually, they, I mean, where is the end game? I mean, at this point, if they're going to go after anybody for questioning the election, which was their intent to go after a, at one point, Lindsey Graham, uh, Kelly Loeffler, David Perdue, th- that like everybody in the country would basically fall under that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing, uh, uh is going to be, how did they distinguish between the ones they indicted and the ones they didn't? Uh, according to them, we all lied about uh, we all lied about it. I mean, I, I, I did it in my capacity. I didn't lie, but I did what I did in my as a lawyer. So how the hell do I get indicted? But somebody else doesn't. Mr. Mayor, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg, but that's a real concern. That they're going after lawyers, how are defendants who are unpopular defendants going to get adequate legal representation? If people, if people that that grand jury recommended for indictment didn't get indicted, wouldn't you think the lawyers would be the group that wouldn't get indicted because they had a reason for saying what they said, protecting their client? Of course. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't see, I really don't see it. Maybe I'm being too optimistic. I don't see how this case makes it through any kind of a even vaguely fair judicial system. You I know, can't imagine how a, how a serious judge doesn't laugh at this case. And and did you hear, I know you heard this, Rudy, uh, the DA came out this week and said she would love to see if they could all start uh, October 23rd. I mean, it's September 8th. This this is nuts. And you've got, as it stands, not the 39. Uh, only 19. You, yeah, only, you only 19. Have 19. I mean, it's just ludicrous. Even the judge said, there's no way in heck we can fit that. And there's no way in heck it's going to fit the form of the timetable. I mean, this is so unrealistic. Yeah, but, you know, nobody said that it doesn't uh, uh, allow the defendant a fair trial. <laughs> I, I mean, how, did, how, how does a defendant get ready for a 19-person trial? with uh, uh, allegations all over the United States. I mean, they're not just doing Georgia. They're doing five other states. You, you, got, you, you have to go search records in five other states. Normally, a re- racketeering case takes minimum one year, usually two years to get ready. And it takes almost a year to try. Uh, the, the Pizza Connection case, which is the longest, I think, that I had, was 27 months. So uh, uh, and and that's because we wanted to give the mafia people a fair trial. She has no interest in a fair trial. Any any prosecutor who says I want to try this in two months basically is saying the hell with a fair trial. Uh, and, and it's her sworn obligation 
to give you a fair trial. You know, and Rudy, what are your thoughts to about all the televised aspect of it? Because they were televising, you know, the, these proceedings this week. Clearly, uh, they're promoting, hey, go to the YouTube channel. I'm waiting for them to say, hey, free popcorn, you know? Well, I mean, I know, I know that Governor Kemp is very much a part of this, the fixing of this election. And so is the attorney general. But his failure to remove her is an absolute indication that he is part of uh, stealing this election. It has, has been from the beginning. And uh, I hope the information about that comes out. But this guy is a bad guy. And any governor would remove her uh, for the things she's done, particularly now with this indication of all these other people recommended for, for, for indictment. The fact that she's indicated she doesn't give a damn about a fair trial. Uh, yeah, she I mean, just she wants should. the publicity and she wants the PR. I mean, th- this is the rule of law. I mean, where is the attorney general? He's supposed to, you know, call the shots and stuff like that. The He's too busy investigating be parents at uh, schools. <laughs> I mean, it's the attorney general who should be prosecuted. Yes. I mean, he's the guy that was fixed the election. Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, thank you so much for coming on and thank, thank you. you for telling the people the truth and God bless thank you. you. Rudy, thank you. And uh, guys, I mean, it's, here we are in the weekend and uh, we all hope it doesn't rain and we hope there's no hurricane. It, it was sunny after your birthday, John. It's all sunshine. It was all beautiful. Sunshine. That was a great, great gala. <laughs> and God bless America. And whatever you all stand for, truth, truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.